Welcome to episode 65 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and you found the show where I talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. On today's show, I talk to Steve Denius from Hullabaloo and talk about bona fide. These guys have some serious bona fides. They've put out 13 records, and I actually talked to Steve the day after their 3,000th show. Their 3,000th whoa i had a great time talking to steve i learned a ton about hullabaloo and the history of the band they're actually best friends grew up together it's kind of a nice story well no it really is a nice story we'll also have a four plus one segment where i count down the top four songs in my car plus one i try to get my kids to listen to was this week's plus one a winner there's only one way to find out you're gonna have to listen if you have any questions, comments, things you want to talk about, emails you want to send, you just want to send an email for, for no real reason, just to send one so that someone writes back, I'm a writer backer. Drop me a line, mike at goodstuffpod.com. Do you think you may have missed an episode? Do you think that maybe there was some good stuff that you needed to know about but you didn't hear about? Well, just go to www.goodstuffpod.com or Search for Good Stuff Kids on iTunes, and it's all there. Over 80 episodes of the Good Stuff Kids podcast, plus Good Stuff Sports. If you need to find some good stuff, if you're just getting a little sort of tired of the stuff that you're listening to or doing or whatever it is right now, you can find some good stuff. All you got to do is go to the website, search for it on iTunes, search for it on Stitcher, search for it on Google Play, search for it wherever you get your podcasts. And if by any chance you search for it wherever you get your podcasts and it's not there, let me know. Thanks. Talk to you at the end of the show. Coming in at number four this week is our guy, Randy Kaplan, with his song, Honk Honk. This one is a total favorite at this point. Please don't squeeze my nose. Oh, you can squeeze my mushy tushy, and you can squeeze my drummy tummy, and you can squeeze my wacky backy, but please don't squeeze my nose. Coming in at number three this week is Raise a Ruckus by Hullabaloo. If you listen to this song and think that you're not going to raise a ruckus, well, this will probably change your mind. So listen to this one, then raise a ruckus. But remember to stop raising a ruckus when the time for raising a ruckus has ended. There's a party tonight, and I can't wait. Gonna raise a ruckus tonight. Well, you better warn the neighbors, cause it's gonna get late. Gonna raise a ruckus tonight. Well, even better yet, invite them to come. Gonna raise a ruckus tonight. I'm baking a cake, they can all have some. Gonna raise a ruckus tonight. Get on board, little children, get on board. While the moon is shining. Number two this week is from Marlo in the mix. You may remember Marlo from just a couple episodes ago. This is her song, Show Your Glow.
And coming in at number one this week is... I guess we're back on a Frozen kick, I guess. We've been listening to the Frozen soundtrack a lot. And this is uh, one of my five-year-old's favorites. Love is an open door. I mean, it is crazy. We do finish each other's sandwiches. Same, same thing, because like... I've been searching my whole life to find my own place And maybe it's the party talking or the chocolate fondue <laughs> But with you But with you I found my place. I see your face And, and it's, it's nothing, nothing like I've, I've ever known before Love is an open door Love is an open door And now for our plus one you're never going to believe it, but for the third week in a row, we have a winner. I'm starting to figure out the formula here. My kids like loud rock and roll, and I can't really blame them because it's the best. This is Out on the Tiles by Led Zeppelin. Turn up your volume. If you like anything that you've heard on this week's countdown, you can find all of this music on Amazon, Apple Music, or Spotify. Support these artists. And now, more of Out on the Tiles by Led Zeppelin. Steve Dennis from Hullabaloo on the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you, Steve? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's totally a pleasure. Um, we were talking a little bit uh, before we started rolling here, um, and some of it we're going to have to talk to again because it's yeah. a, a fascinating piece <laughs> and, and part of your story. But I, I think let's sort of let's start at the beginning. How did Hullabaloo come to be? You know, I was uh, I was a kindergarten through sixth grade music teacher, and I was working with kids all the time. But um, I had resisted the idea of my own personal music being geared towards kids. And then my sisters had kids, and I made a little album for them for uh, a holiday present, and uh, just classic kids songs: "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star," "Old MacDonald," all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I gave it to my my sisters for their kids, and then some friends, and so on and so forth. And one of the friends that I gave it to was my longtime friend Brendan Kramer. Um, and I gave it to him and he played it for his kids and they enjoyed it and they had a first birthday party and, um, he said, Oh, well, why don't we do this live? He's, he's a, you know, drummer and percussionist. Oh, why don't we do this live? So we set up our gear on his patio and played for their first birthday party. And it's, uh, it's been more or less nonstop since. <laughs> wow. So one gig led to this whole thing. That's amazing. And you and Brendan yeah. have known each other for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. We met in kindergarten and, um, as I was telling you before the show, we uh, we had our first musical experience together in fifth grade. Uh, he played the trombone and I played the baritone horn, and uh, we just, you know, 
in junior high, I think we've started our first rock and roll band and then high school and we went to separate colleges, but kept it up in the summers and uh, we've been friends forever and playing music forever is basically what it comes down to. That's amazing. Um, so you refer to Hullabaloo as, as free range organic music. Um, what does that, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So, you know, it's always hard to describe music in any way, you know? Um, so I wanted something to, something to convey the attitude as much as anything else. And, um, you know, I, why, I mean, music, we fall like sort of in the folk Americana kind of genre, but I like to think we draw from, from every, every, everything, you know, from everything we've ever listened to growing up. So that's, that's the kind of free range. And then the organic, uh, the, the organic kid folk part is, um, again, going just to our philosophy that it's, it's not, it's not, um, it's not, singing dinosaurs and um you know like that especially when we were starting at 13 years ago there was just a lot of really bad kids music out there um there's an amazing amount of great kids music now but um but it was very artificial it's very syrupy sweet saccharine kind of stuff and so the the organic kid folk was kind of a i don't know a jab at that or or just a just a way to differentiate ourselves i guess yeah um so, well, that's interesting, and uh, the way that you describe the music and and knowing where you're from, which is San Diego, yeah. there, there's this like sort of bluegrassy, folky edge, which is not the type of music that's typically associated right. with right. San Diego and the music yeah. scene in San Diego. So, I'm wondering, uh, and I hear a lot of different influences in your music, but who are some yeah. of the the influences that you have? Yeah, you know, I was I was thinking about that and the. Um, my earliest musical memories are are like road trips in the car with my family, listening to music on eight track uh, cassettes or whatever. Um, but you know the the things that we listened to. My mom was a big Johnny Cash fan, so we listened to a ton of that. Um, a lot of the Beatles, um, and and then my dad would have random bluegrass records, and we listened <laughs> to those, and we we kind of laugh and oh, isn't that funny? But you know, I think they 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 crept into my soul and. Uh, <laughs> You know, and so like in the in the high school years when I was choosing my own music, I was listening to more punk and and reggae, a lot of the Clash, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, that kind of stuff, and um, and then you know these days I listen to more kind of singer songwritery stuff. I, I have a weird uh, love of like Texas singer songwriters like Steve Earle and Guy Clark and stuff like that. So sure, yeah, um, in college I was just like this notorious folk music geek where I was like into Woody Guthrie and tracing old ballads back to Scotland and, you know, I mean, being be, more popular in college. Yeah, be, being a musicologist a little bit. We've all done that. you got to trace yeah, trace yeah. back to where things come from. It's, it's, yeah, a, it's so a good thing. I think now all of that comes into play. But, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm, it's not very typically Southern California. I think if, if there's a sound here, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of reggae, there's a lot of, you know, kind of pop punk that has come out of San Diego, especially in recent years. And, um, you know, I love all that stuff, but it tends to not be what filters out of me. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, an example of that, right? Like, talk about pop punk. Uh, the song that my kids love of yours is Senator John Arthur Clydesdale oh. III, which right, is just, right. like, so fun and and is certainly not, like, uh, reggae or, or punk yeah. in any way. But it's it's just, like, super upbeat, super fun, super catchy, right. very wordy, right? Like, not right. in a bad way. That's not in a right. bad way, but, like... You, you you are a um, a very accomplished uh, lyricist, I would think. So or I would say. So what are what are some of your tricks to writing these kinds of songs that can that can uh, 
hit a parent in like a way where I was like laughing along, but also, you know, appeal to my three and five year old girls. Yeah. You know, that to us, that's, that's always the balance. You know, the, I, I think the nicest compliment that we've ever gotten in, in all these years is someone once called us the Pixar of kids music because, oh, nice. you know, cause I think, I think good like kids movies like that, like Simpsons is another good example of that where the parents are laughing at one level and the kids are laughing at something else. And if you can, if you can hit that, I think that's, that's, that's the high mark right there. Um, but yeah, so I, I, um, you know, I think I resisted going into kids music for a long time because I thought, you know, without diving into it, I thought that it had to be just, just at the kids level. And, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but if you can add a layer for the parents, it's more fun to perform. It's more, I think it's more fun to hear. Um, we always try and keep in mind that whenever kids are listening, parents are listening too. Um, and, and driving parents crazy is not something I ever want to do. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't, can't guarantee we hit the mark every time, but, um, but, but so whenever I'm writing, I mean, I think it's, I think it's fairly easy to entertain kids. I mean, I think, I think you can, um, you can be silly. You can have potty humor. You can have, underpants humor whatever it is that's easy you know but to take it to a level where it's not that kind of just cheap humor the kids are liking it and if you can add a layer to the grown-ups i think you know i think that's that's what i'm always shooting for whether i hit it or not right right um cool so what one other song i want to talk about from your i chew record which came out Mm -hmm. last year in 2016 um that that also goes in uh, along with what you were saying about so many great kids musicians is the song um i wear pink um, oh yeah so so i'd love to hear the story of that song i mean i read a little bit about it but i think that yeah. like something that i really um like to do and try to do is, is to sort of key in on these things that level the the gender playing field for for yeah. everyone and i think that this song is a really strong and great example of that but it also so there's two parts to it there's the part about well, I'll let you explain the song, but then there's the other part about all the people that you collaborated with on it, right. or some right. of these people. So take it away. Yeah, so I'll start with what the, what the song is for people that haven't heard it. Basically, I grew up. I'm I'm the the youngest child. I've got two older sisters, and naturally, you know, I was I was their play toy, and they'd dress me up in scarves and dresses and pink clothes, and we played dolls and whatever. And it, it was it was not a thing. It was just fun. It was just kids playing, you know. But then as you get a little older and you're out in school and you're, you know, you, you don't mind playing with the girls and hanging out and playing with dolls or heaven forbid hopscotch or something, you know, the, you know, like the playground becomes this very gender divided place. And, um, and it it just always kind of warped my mind a little bit, you know, like, um, you know, having, having been okay with all that kind of stuff. And then, then you kind of, you kind of hit that cruel world where you get, you hit resistance to that. Um, in addition to that, my, uh, to my sisters, my, my best friend growing up to, two uh, houses up the street was a woman named Eileen O'Connell or was a woman. She was a young girl named Eileen O'Connell. She was a little bit older than me. And, um, and she was the toughest kid you ever wanted to meet. She was the best athlete. She was, uh, tough as nails. I never saw her cry when she wiped out on her skateboard or whatever. And says, here's, you know, on the other hand, I had this really sort of soft, tender uh, sister thing going, and then I had this this role model of Eileen, who is just this tough as nails person that um, you know was better than me at everything, you know, <laughs> the boy stuff, you know, uh, you know, for lack of a better term. 
anyway, so I wrote a song about that, and um, it's called "I Wear Pink," and in the chorus, essentially, that you know, um, I play with dolls and I wear pink, and I don't, I don't care at all what anybody thinks. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's uh, that's essentially the song. the The second half that you're talking about is I, I kind of opened it up to, um, to a bunch of musicians in the kids' music world. Um, I, I there's a the kids' music group. Uh, uh, on Facebook called Kindycom, and it, it sort of flows out of uh, this fantastic uh, get-together in Philadelphia. And I put it out there, as, uh, I, I guess backing up a little bit, I played the uh, I played the song at that uh, conference uh-huh. a couple of weeks back and uh, got a lot of nice compliments about it. And so when it came time to record it, I just put a put a note up on that, uh, that message board and said, hey, I'm recording this. I would love to have your voice on it. So um, I have this long list of fantastic uh, kids musicians that just signed up and recorded in their home studio, sent me all the files, and we put it together. So we have this huge, um, right, huge chorus of of these uh, kindy musicians. Liz DeRoche, who I know you uh, interviewed recently, yeah, uh, was on there. Laura Doherty, Peter Alsop from L.A., uh, Red Yarn. I mean, the list goes on and on. Right, uh, right. But it's just a real honor to have them all like hop on board with with the song. Um, you know, and, and to feel like as a genre, there's people focused on these issues and, and trying to make a better world, Great. make it a better world in that respect. Yeah. Well, I, I much appreciated. Thanks for doing that. And, uh, yeah. a lot of, a lot of amazing musicians and, and artists on that song with you. So let's, uh, let's turn to the present. Yes. Yesterday. I mean, yesterday, right? Yeah, like yesterday. yesterday. So it's, we were recording yeah. on February 27th. Right. February 26th was like a pretty unbelievable landmark for yeah. for Hullabaloo. It, it was nutty. We celebrated yeah. our 3,000th show yesterday. Wow, that's uh, incredible. Yeah, it's <laughs> 3,000 shows in 13 years. Yeah. So the first couple of years it ramped up, uh, you know, kind of slowly, maybe 30 or 40 shows. I was still transitioning out of teaching and then uh, – then there was a period where I did about 350 shows a year, and um, that was a little too much. I have to admit, that was, uh, you know, the shows are always fun, but getting there and you know doing the paperwork and you know keeping right. gas in the car and knowing where you're going at any given moment is a little much. Right, but right. these days I do about um, 275, 250 to 300 shows a year, wow. and uh, so anyway, we hit this crazy milestone and uh, just had to have a, a special concert. To, to celebrate, so we rented out a theater, and um, happy to say we sold out the theater, and we had um, a special guest, Laura Doherty, from Chicago come out, and uh, she opened the show and then joined us for a few songs, so anyway, it was a great day. That's really fun, really exciting, um, and, and so in addition to 3,000 shows, in the 13 years that Hullabaloo's been around, you've put out 13 records, is that right? Yeah, yeah. you know, to, to be honest, that does include um, the best of two best of records. So we did a best of volume one and, and we just recently put out a best of volume two. So to be honest, it's, it's 11, 11. Uh, albums with fresh content and two, two best ofs. Still, uh, still, still a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. You still qualify as prolific in the recording yeah. game and in the touring game. Um, yeah, yeah. so, so out of the 3000 shows, right. I'm not asking you to pick out like, you know, what was that one song at that one moment, but rather <laughs> like you are a music teacher. Um, right. you've been doing this for, you know, you, you, have honed your craft like on stage in front of kids. What are right. some of the, the tricks that you've learned if you would be willing to share? Obviously. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the biggest trick, if there is one to performing for kids is keep them busy. 
I mean, I think that that holds true as a parent, as a teacher, as anything. Um, I think the the mistake, if you can call it that, that I see some some uh, new performers to the to the kids' music world is like, I just wrote the song and I'm going to play it, and that's cool, and kids will listen to that for a little bit. But you, in my view, you have to keep them active. It's either singing, moving, jumping, clapping, stomping their feet, active in some way with the song. Um, you know, with grown-ups, you can get away with like, okay, I'm going to play another song, and they'll they'll tune in, or maybe they'll dance, or whatever. But with kids, you got to keep them. You got to keep them with you the whole time. Otherwise, they're gone. Right. Uh, which is the beauty of, of playing for kids. I mean, grown-ups can can sit there and look at you, and and the music is playing, and they may or may not be <laughs> processing any of or paying any attention at all. Um, with kids, they let you know pretty immediately if they're not into it. You know, right. they're yeah. they'll they'll literally walk away or do something else or um so so i'm I've always just got my eyes on the kids and and trying to keep them actively engaged yeah that's a, that's great i mean we hear that a lot but i think to yeah. to hear it from from you is even more uh like it comes from such a real place you're like you've done it so many I, yeah right. so, so thanks for sharing that so yeah. so i mean you, you've got this vast catalog of music um so i guess my question is what are, what is the like one or two songs that you've written where you're like where where you sort of surprise yourself that it gets the reaction or that kids love it or grad, gravitate uh, to it yeah i'll i'll have to think of an example um but I, I will say the funniest thing is is writing a song and you just think oh this is going to be it kids are going to love this parents are going to love this and it just totally falls totally flat you know? <laughs> right 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 i tried to so, skew i tried to skew positive on it but you yeah know, yeah no i, I appreciate that yeah. <laughs> but but uh but yeah i mean undeniably um i think i have more of those that surprised me that i just thought i'd written the, the greatest song ever and kids are like yeah okay cool next <laughs> yeah um, but uh you know one of the first songs that i wrote was a song called run bunny run and uh, it's a goofy little song. Um, admittedly, doesn't have too much of that uh, upper layer of adult, um, uh, you know, content. Really, it's, I mean, it's pretty pretty surface level stuff. But it's uh, it's just about uh, chasing bunny rabbits. Um, my mom has a house up in Washington, and we go and visit her. And there's always rabbits running around. So I just got a kick out of watching my nieces and nephews running around chasing these rabbits. Anyway, 13 years later, I'm still playing that song. The kids love to jump up and down like rabbits. And, you know, yeah. that's that's one of those ones that just, you know, I, I didn't think it was the greatest song. But if I go a show without playing it, I'll hear about it from from several yeah. kids after the show. Yeah, yeah. So um, that that's probably the, the most classic example of where you're just like, whoa, okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I just can't pass up the opportunity to ask you um, about crowd control. So yeah. as someone who's done kids music for, for many years and a lot yeah. of people that I talk to, a lot of people that listen to the show have done kids music or are interested in it. Um, what, how do you, like, how do you go from a song like Bunny where everyone's hopping around? How do you get, how do you get everyone back? Right. That is, you know, when I figure that out in another 13 years, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. great. <laughs> fair <laughs> um, enough. Fair enough. Know, I, I think one thing that I do is, um, I'm, I'm dodging your question a little bit, but, but I think my solution to that problem, because I don't have a solution to that problem, is that um, like 90% of the shows that I do, I don't have a set list. Um, I'm, I'm reading the kids. I'm reading the grownups. I'm constantly – I'm paying more attention to what's going on with them than I am anything else. Um, you know, I, I know the song's cold, so I can play them. 
But what I'm really focused on is, okay, how well did that song go? Um, can I get away with doing another crazy dancing song or will they spin out of control if I do? Or is it time to bring it back in and do something really mellow, you know, a, a song that everybody knows like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star just to bring bring it back. Um, so that's that's the, the answer is, is choosing the right song at the right time. Right. Uh, but but the precursor to that is just being totally focused on what the audience is doing and how how things are landing right. Uh, right. in the room. Yeah, it sounds like it's a mixture of being focused but also being flexible and yeah. and like being able to read the room. Okay, well, thanks for that. I think you know we're all learning from you today. Yeah, well, I'm I'm learning after you know three three thousand and one shows tomorrow. <laughs> I will learn something else. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I mean, you are very busy. We talked a little bit about that. You've got shows coming up from basically now until like next December. Um, yeah. How's the, what's the best way to, to follow you and, and to see where you are and to catch you and Brendan doing your thing? Yeah, so folks in San Diego, the best thing, you know, we've got our website, hellbalooband.com, and our schedule is always there and always updated. Um, for folks, I mean, I know you're, you're, you're listened to all over the place, so um, to just to engage with the music, I mean, the music's all out there like everybody else's and Spotify and, okay. and Apple and all that, but... Uh, we do have a bunch of videos um, that uh, that are up on YouTube. I think the I think the name of my channel is Hullabaloo, Steve. I forget how that works. But anyway, you put Hullabaloo into a uh, uh, yeah. YouTube search, and it's, and it's there. And we've got a bunch of videos. You can get kind of a taste of of what we do in our sort of, I don't know, I guess a feel for what we're like is probably the best way to go. Cool. cool. Well, I mean, I'll give people a feel. It's very high energy, very fun. Uh, great, great music. Are you are on Facebook, Twitter, all those things? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Facebook. I I think officially I'm on Twitter, but I don't think I have tweeted in a year or more. Okay. Uh, I tend to live and interact more on Facebook. I'm uh, I'm trying to uh, to to learn <laughs> to learn how to be uh, uh, not an old person and, <laughs> and work on on some of these others like Instagram and all that. But I I have to admit I I I tend to to. To enjoy Facebook, and so that's where I tend to be. So. Okay. Yeah. That's but yeah, right. anyone out there, shoot me a line. Whether you're um, a right. kid or a, a parent or a kid's musician, I'm always open to, to chatting. Cool. Um, so, not to put you on the spot, and I know yeah. this is very hard for for musicians, especially. Um, well, it's hard for anyone really. But so, part of the show is is called Four Plus One, where it's four songs I try to get my kids to listen to, and then one yeah. that yeah. I play for my kids. Um, if you could add one song to our playlist, what would that song be? I know this is like the biggest, most yeah. impossible question, but if there was one. All right. So am I doing the plus one that's like what I would listen to? I think it, I think you can do uh, one or bo like do both. Do two. Give me two. Yeah. Well, so um, I, I was joking the other day um, after the Super Bowl. Um, I was I was very proud of Lady Gaga for doing uh, a little snippet of This Land is Your Land. Yeah. Um, I I love that song and it's so easily dismissed as sort of a blindly patriotic song. Um, but if you know the history of Woody Guthrie and where he was coming from, and and some of the hidden verses in that song that don't get played very much, I would I would wholeheartedly put that as the plus one. Okay. Uh, I know kids get exposed to it, but um, maybe 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 the plus one is that song with a little explanation of it's not just rah, 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 here we go. Right. Um, hooray for America. It's, it's, it's a little bit critical and patriotic at the same time, which I think is a good place to be. Great. Cool. So I'll go with that one. Great. And, um, 
You know, I just, uh, I, I was blown away yesterday um, on stage. We had Laura Doherty as our guest. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I had heard her music and, and enjoyed it, but I got to hear her live yesterday. And I was just blown away. So I'm going to add a Laura Doherty track. Cool. Uh, Animal Tracks is, is a super good song and uh, highly recommend. Great. Um, well, Steve, thank you so much uh, for your time and for, for talking with me and uh, for sharing your wisdom and telling us a little bit about Hullabaloo. Um, congrats on 3,000 shows. Congrats on 13 records. Like, a lot of big congratulations. Really amazing. Thank you very much. Well, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. All right, totally. Talk to you soon. So cool to talk to Steve. He's been doing it for a long time, really knows what he's doing, knows his stuff, knows his music, knows his audience. Kind of important, don't you think? Yeah, it's really important. And now a special treat. Once we say goodbye, we're going to play the Hullabaloo song, I Wear Pink, in its entirety. So thanks to Steve for letting us do that. Any questions you have, anything you need to know, anything, Maybe not anything, but most things, www.goodstuffpod.com. Drop me a line at mike at goodstuffpod.com. Thanks for listening. 65 episodes. Man, that's quite a bit. As always, for the Good Stuff Kids podcast, I'm Mike Mason. And why did I say as always? It's the first time I've ever done that. Here's I Wear Pink by Hullabaloo. Talk to you soon. I play with dolls. I wear pink I don't care at all What anybody thinks Well, my love of pink started back when I was a kid Well, I learned to play like my older sisters did Well, they dressed me up in pink They put ribbons in my hair But we were having fun though, so I didn't care Well, my sisters taught me to always be proud So when I sing this song, I'll sing the song loud I play with dolls And I wear pink I don't care at all what anybody thinks. Eileen O'Connell lived a few doors down. She was the best football player in our little town. She was faster than you. She was tougher than me. Well, she was the girl the boys wanted to be. Well, she taught me how to live a life both honest and true. So when I sing this song, I sing for her too. I play with dolls and I wear pink. I don't care at all what anybody thinks. The first time I sang the song, well, somebody said, You can't sing that song for kids, it'll mess with their heads. I heard what they said, I just disagree, and so I sing this song for the pink kids like me. Well, here's to all the eyeballs, both little and grown. Well, you might be different, but you're not alone. I play with dolls, and I wear pink. Don't care at all what anybody thinks. Well, pink is just a color, a doll is just a toy. There's the reason that I should miss out just because I'm a boy. I play with dolls and I wear pink. I don't care at all what anybody thinks. Stuff.